VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am Mark Ellis on a very... Sunny day here in Southern California. And Jacqueline Coley, my esteemed co-host today, it's sunny not just because of the weather outside, but because the movie franchise we get to talk about today, beloved is a strong word for every movie in these properties, but the first one. We just have such, such fond memories of that summer in 1993 when we all first saw that you could make dinosaurs from mosquito DNA, or it was it was dino DNA in mosquitoes that were then in amber, fill in the coat with some frogs, and boom, you got a T-Rex back on Earth. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Listen, I don't think that the science ever held up, but as long as they keep trotting B.D. Wong out, I'm with it. <laughs> He's just the guy that you believe can do this stuff with. And now once we get to Jurassic World Dominion, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this very special Jurassic Park episode where, yep, we're ranking all six of these dinosaur movies from Jurassic Park in 93 all the way through Dominion in 2022. Dominion is going to be an interesting tomato meter watch because as of the recording of this, Dominion is about to drop in theaters nationwide. So we have some reviews from the critics. We don't have any audience reviews yet, but a couple of days ago when our lovely Tim Ryan, our review curation manager, was kind of looking at the list and disseminating what the ranking as far as tomato meter was of Jurassic Jurassic Park movies, Dominion was 88% fresh. Now we're recording this and it's 73% fresh. So it's dropping. I think it might land somewhere around just barely fresh or just almost fresh. But here I'm going to give you the rankings, Jacqueline. And then we're going to bring in our, our, our very special guest today, who is a good buddy of ours, friend of the show. He's got a couple movies coming out. So Jurassic Park is 1993, 92% certified fresh. The OG is still the top dog, 92%. Jurassic World Dominion still in second place as of me talking about this, 73% fresh. Jurassic World from 2015 is 71% fresh. The Lost World Jurassic Park, which is part two, that is 53% rotten. Jurassic Park 3 is 48% rotten. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the second entry in the Jurassic World franchise is 47% rotten. Everybody got that so far? Good. Usually I turn it over to Jacqueline for a synopsis about what Jurassic Park's about. But, but I'm not uh, doing it. I refuse. It's, it's pretty much, I mean, it, you just, any quote by Dr. John Hammond is, and then any retort by Sam Neill or Jeff Goldblum or Laura Dern is pretty much all you need to know. I built a park because I thought it'd be cool to have dinosaurs. Then the scientists are like, uh, we probably shouldn't have done this. And then chaos ensues. So speaking of chaos, our guest today, 
Um, just a, a wonderful human being, start to finish, who is in not one but two movies coming out right now, and they're about to make the film festival rounds. A Bogota Trip and Always Lola are the movies that are being starred in by Andrew Guy. Andrew, I've also seen you worldwide announcing esports. You occasionally are next to me when we're talking movie trivia with the Schmodown, and now you're here talking about Jurassic Park. You and I got to see Dominion together, and we enjoyed a hearty bucket of popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And yes, we did watch Dominion together, and it was interesting because I think we came out with one uh, feeling of the movie, and then we ran into a group of friends who had the polar opposite feeling of said movie. So it'll it'll be fun to kind of break it down and see where it ends up on the tomato meter. As you said, it's dropped already a decent amount just in the next few days, or I guess in the last few days. So I'm excited to keep watching the trajectory. And this is this is why Jacqueline knows this as well as anyone. When when I see a movie in a theater, I want to leave. I, I want to be by myself with my own thoughts. I don't want to run into a gaggle of friends who's going to try to sway me in one direction or the other. Jacqueline, are you a big reviewer of movies as soon as you leave the theater? Are you looking for the gaggle or are you trying to avoid the gaggle? Um, Depends on the movie theater, depends on the gaggle. Actually, it really depends on the gaggle. Like there are certain people who I value their opinions, and but I also work at Rotten Tomatoes where people give it very freely. So <laughs> you kind of have to have a little bit of an energy diet on whose opinion you let matter. And I will say that there are, it's a very short list, but yeah, I, if I see Justin Chang after a movie, I'd be interested to see what he has to say about it. I'd be equally as interested to hear what you have to say about it, but <sighs> certain you. gaggles at the, at our press screenings. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just want to stay it's away from it. a very good way to put entirely. it. I yeah, mean, but, like, I don't know who gave this rumor that I enjoy people in all forms. I'm much more of a particular <laughs> sampling of the human race. Like, well, we all have energies. dogs. We yeah, all, we all, we all have, have dogs. dogs and dogs, dogs cool. more than anything else, remind me of the dinosaurs now in Jurassic Park. We're going to get into that and some of the issues that I have with Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. Uh, we're not going to spoil Dominion, by the way. I, I want everybody to know that because the movie just came out this past weekend. We're not going to spoil Dominion. We might give some light plot points, but nothing too in-depth. If you've not yet seen the movie, you can still continue to listen to the episode. So, Andrew, I'm going to start with you really quick. You heard my ranking as far as the tomato meter goes of Jurassic yep. Park films start to finish, one through six. I'm just going to ask you if you agree, is Rotten Tomatoes right or is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about Jurassic Park being number one and then Fallen Kingdom being number six? Uh, I I love to say it, but I believe Rotten Tomatoes is wrong when it comes to this list of six that we have. I mean, the, the top of it, number one, I don't think anyone's ever going to argue that, but I think it does fall apart just a little bit two through six. Okay, Jacqueline Coley, is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about their tomato meter ranking? I mean, in the senses, that's what people said at the time. Obviously not. It's so weird with rankings to say if it's wrong. I'll say it feels right. How about that? It feels right. Because <laughs> that's what it right. does. It feels right. Like, I can't argue one way or the other. Because I think after one or two, it, the bar is low. And I don't think anybody met it. <laughs> We have uh, podcast episodes to back me up on that. Yeah, but some met it more than others. So I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about the rankings. Andrew has a great point. I think we all know it's going to be number one on all of our lists. But then from there, two through six, the water is going to get a little choppy. And that's why we have Tim Ryan. Like I said, he's our expert review curation manager at Rotten Tomatoes. He's going to tell us what critics were saying of the time of these various releases starting back in 93, all the way through our current world with Jurassic World Dominion. So, Tim, it's all yours. 
Before I get into a very brief overview of the Jurassic franchise, I want to note that the critics and audiences have been almost in total accord on every film, with critic and audience scores in most cases just off by single digits. Let's get into the numbers. The original and still the best reviewed is Jurassic Park from 1993. It's certified fresh at 92% on the tomato meter and it has a 91% audience score. Next up is The Lost World, Jurassic Park from 1997. It's rotten at 53% on the tomato meter and it has a 51% audience score. We covered that one on a previous podcast. Jurassic Park 3 from 2001 is rotten at 48% with a 36% audience score, giving it the largest gap between critics and audiences. Jurassic World from 2015 is fresh at 71% with a 78% audience score. We covered that one a couple weeks back. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom from 2018 is rotten at 47% with a 48% audience score. And it is way too soon to tell where Jurassic World Dominion will fall with both critics and audiences, but at the time of this recording, it's fresh at 88%, albeit with only eight reviews. So what are some of the things critics said about the Jurassic movies? In a fresh review from Jurassic Park from 1993, Stephen Ray of the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote, The earth-shaking footfalls of these lizard kings are palpable and terrifying. Spielberg's crew of dinosaur effects artists has conjured up a Mesozoic menagerie whose realism outdoes anything in cinematic history. However, in a rotten review for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, David Sims of The Atlantic wrote, The viewer might be left with a few decent frights, but at this point the mortal terror of Spielberg's original film has diminished beyond repair. So that's a rundown of the Jurassic series. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark, two podcasters who know that if there was a movie franchise about a flock of condors on an island... They wouldn't have anything to say. Back to you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that term from Stephen Ray. Mesozoic menagerie. That is one to put in the back pocket and uh, try to bust out if you want to sound smart. Let's get right to it. Let's get right into the Jurassic Park franchise. Our ratings, one through six. Our favorite, our least favorite movies. And our favorite dino kills right now with Movie Talk. I don't know if Producy Lucy's going to get upset at me, but can we just start with our favorite dinosaur kill? Let's just yes. start there before we get into our rating. What is your favorite? It could be from any of the six movies. Andrew Guy, do you have one favorite dinosaur kill? And yes, I'm giving you the first round draft pick. So you <sighs> have the lawyer on the toilet sitting there available. That is sort of like the, I don't know, Cooper <laughs> Cup of this draft. I mean, you literally just said it. So am I supposed to still say it or should I go to my second choice? Because the lawyer on the toilet is the ultimate, ultimate greatest kill in Jurassic Park history. I mean, the from the, he left us. He left us. And you're like, oh, dude, this asshole's going to get it. You can't just leave kids with a Tyrannosaurus Rex and then go to a bathroom to hide. And, and also, I think in all these movies back in the 90s or every great action movie, there was always the you know he's going to die guy. And this movie had two you know he's going to die guys. And it was the lawyer because... Lawyers usually do get it in these types of movies, but also Newman, Wayne Knight, our, our good friend uh, with the squeal <laughs> at the beginning. So I will land on the lawyer with the toilet since you said it. I don't want to steal your guys's, but I, I definitely have some more up my sleeve. Yeah, poor, poor Dennis Nedry. Uh, Jacqueline, the theater erupted every time back in 93 when that lawyer got his comeuppance. <laughs> and when you watch the movie again, the way Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm delivers the line, when you got to go, you got to go. Like the way he says it, he knows that this guy's a goner. He knows that he is going to get his comeuppance. What is Jacqueline Coley's favorite kill in any of the Jurassic Park flicks? Uh, my favorite kill in the Jurassic Park franchise. Can it be a dinosaur? 
it doesn't have to be a dino. I mean, if, if you want to go dino on dino. Well, because when when uh, T-Rex comes in his very like Terminator 2 Arnold Schwarzenegger way at the end of Jurassic World, that's a pretty great moment if i'm being honest um and yeah it is also i want to correct the record i was not thinking we were adding dominion into this because like i want to be clear that thing has eight reviews it wasn't until i was still <laughs> listening to tim that i was like are we including that because that's dumb first of all i just want to go on record that 88 and get a hold up it's well it's gonna, 73 it, now i checked this morning dude, it's 73 that, that score is gonna age like milk listen <laughs> <laughs> i need to be really clear about the silliness and slight stupidity of thinking that that movie's ranking even in that like 73 in this moment is gonna hold up sorry so i want to be really clear i just thought it was first uh the first one and then second one jurassic world so delete my previous thing yeah that list is wrong as hell just based on timeliness uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna y'all's ranking in in just a sec but I'll, I'll tell you my my favorite kill from i love the one in jurassic world that we disseminated when we covered that specific movie with our good friend winston it it but it's it's the way that they just milk that poor woman who died really for like we weren't mad at her but a pterodactyl or something just picked her up and just tortured the hell out of her but my honestly my favorite kill in any of the jurassic park movies i go back to the first one and it's muldoon the guy who's sort of like the yes. great white hunter who yes. is out looking he's, he's he's doing the noble thing he's trying to rescue whoever else is left out there but he runs across the velociraptor and and he real and he knows as a hunter he knows that these things are great at hunting in packs and when he gets face to face with one and he just says clever girl he knows he's clever a goner girl. he knows that he has been outsmarted and it's just a really cool moment of like one warrior respecting another even though they're different species they both have this like code and that's pretty much Baldoon like shaking hands and being like hey you got me good game there was nothing I can do. I love how Spielberg somehow sold us on the fact that he even had a chance against the Velociraptors because it really yeah. felt like he did when he was out there for a bit with the shotgun and tracking him in the sweat. But no, nah, he was a goner. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, it, you look like you know what you're doing in the jungle when you have those khaki shorts, but uh, you're no match for a naked Velociraptor, especially when they come in pairs. So let's get into, into this ranking a little bit. I want to start with your favorite movie, which is obviously going to be Jurassic Park, the original for all of us. And then where do we go from here, Andrew? Do you have your your two through six locked and ready to go? I think I do. It's, it's really tough because part of it is nostalgia. And then the other part of it is like, is this actually a good movie, right? Like Jurassic Park 3 and uh, it was like the first Jurassic Park movie I remember seeing in a theater, right? So mm. I have strong feelings for it, but it, we all know it's not very good. So I think if I'm gonna go, because I watched every one of these movies and I had to watch Lost World twice this last week. You uh, fall I'm gonna go, uh, it's just not great, but it's still Spielberg. It's still shot better than the other movies. There's still like the weight of the dinosaurs like we're talking about. There's still like these beautiful camera angles and like the shot through the log when he's going after Julianne Moore, all that stuff. So like, after all said and done, I think I have to go Lost World 2. And then am I just going all the way through here? All the way through, baby. Okay. Give us your, so, your new ones as well. So I'm going Lost World is number two. I'm going to go Jurassic World is number three. And then I'm going to go, I think Jurassic World Dominion 
then Jurassic Park 3, and then Jurassic Park, uh, World Fallen Kingdom. Because, like, look, we all want to see a couple bad dinosaurs die. You cannot kill... I mean, you said this to me, Alice, when we walked out of Dominion. You cannot kill all those dinosaurs at the beginning of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is devastating. And, and, and then the Brachiosaur at the end, crying in the smoke. Oh, I wanted to turn it off. It was, it was devastating. Yeah, it, Jacqueline, I, I feel like if this was the first Jurassic Park movie that came out, that being Fallen Kingdom, then I probably wouldn't have cared that the volcano went off and killed this island full of dinosaurs because I hadn't got to know them yet. But I've known these beasts for the last 25 years of my life, and now they're kind of like dogs to me. And I don't want to see any of them in pain. And so Fallen Kingdom, I understand what we're going for with that shot. I understand what we're going for with the sadness that it's a paradise lost situation. But it's just that that final shot of this uh, this island that is on fire from a volcano. We can't save all of them. And that giant Bradysaurus, I just want to give him a hug. I just want to give him a hug. So Fallen Kingdom would be my least favorite Jurassic Park movie. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to put Jurassic Park 3 next. And so I'm going to have Andrew's bottom as well it's Jurassic fair. Park I feel like Jurassic World Dominion might be that next one and then the Lost World and then Jurassic World is my second favorite Jurassic World because I, f I felt the 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 Colin Trevorrow what he did right was the nostalgia mixed with the newness I love that we went bigger I love that it, we followed some of the same beats of the first one but it felt like the most plausible to me that hey we had this thing happen a generation ago but don't worry it's fixed now and it's operating smooth and then obviously number one would be the original Jurassic Park. Jacqueline Coley, your rating of the Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, Park World, they could do a battle royale for third and the one that's <laughs> left living. I'm sorry, for the kids nowadays, they need to do a squid game like type, you know, thing. So if you don't know about battle royale, which was before Hunger Games and now this one has squid <laughs> games, except it's not with teenagers, whatever. Anyway, listen. Yeah, that's it. The other ones are just all trash to varying degrees. They may have good <laughs> in them, but they are just varying degrees of cr trash as well. I'm kind of previewing a little bit my thoughts on Dominion. But in all honesty, I would pull it out of the muck quicker than s the other three. The other three have way too much muck. Steven Spielberg doing nostalgia of himself because he was too broken by Schindler's List. I'm glad he went through something through this movie and came out better on the other side. It does not make up for the fact that they had a black girl kick a velociraptor in the face while doing unbalanced beam bars. That is still <laughs> the stupidest premise in the history of any movie, let alone a movie that already is founded on a pretty stupid premise. So park world. Who cares? <laughs> like, y'all figure it out. I don't care. Like, they're all tied for fourth, and that is a horrible tie. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, if I was going to go with the worst scene, Andrew, in any Jurassic Park movie, I mean, that that shot with Fallen Kingdom is pretty tough, but it is just so random. And I still haven't gotten over the Lost World where, and and again, I love that, that Jeff Goldblum has this daughter who is a, apparently a world-class gymnast, but and why would you she? have her get cut? Why is she cut from her high school That's team? what I was thinking. I was like, what is this competitive-ass elementary school that this girl is there were like now she's you're gone sister give up on your dreams you're I mean you're in nine San, weren't they in like San Francisco I'm like way to give it up for the like very liberal bastion of San Francisco that is some yeah, real really. like West Texas energy just so you know as a Texan I'm gonna tell you um also too where's the daughter in Dominion I, I did not see her pop up in that movie and I'm very Great curious question. Yeah, where, that, we, where that you know Look, I, I feel like Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill and Laura Dern, it was wonderful to see them back in Dominion, um, even if it's just kind of like coasting at 60% speed, where it's like, yeah, yeah we're here, we're, we're going to do some stuff, we're going to deliver some lines and be some crucial plot points. Uh, Dominion, I, the, the reason why I like Dominion better than Fallen Kingdom is because I think Dominion had a, first of all, Dominion trying to pick up the baton from the end of Fallen Kingdom and be, be like, what the hell do we do now? Um, I, I feel like that was admirable the way that they tried to do that and try to wrap everything up. I, I think Fallen Kingdom got the most bloated and sprawled out and just ridiculous towards the end, which is saying something in a franchise where at one point we did have talking dinosaurs in a dream sequence in Jurassic Park 3. So if, if, if we're looking, I want to take you all back to 93, though, because I do want to honor the first movie and just talk about whether it's a scene, whether it's a character, a, a quote. Andrew, what is it about the first Jurassic Park that the first when you think about that movie, this is the first thing that pops into your head? Is it a character? Is it a line? Is it a sequence? I mean, that that moment where Sam Neill grabs Laura Dern's head and turns it, like their reactions when they see the Brachiosaur and the dinosaurs for the first time and the music swells and you get Hammond saying welcome to Jurassic Park when he's almost like on the verge of tears. That for me, even, like I was watching again last night and it just makes me feel like a kid. I'm like, God, I love movies. I love good <laughs> movies. And this is like the epitome of that in this scene. But the thing that it all boils down to, man, is that T-Rex head. That's it. Like literally just the head of that T-Rex is scarier than anything else that happens in the other five movies, which is why it will always be the best. That thing is damn scary still to this day, you know, 30 years later. Jacqueline, Jurassic Park. Honestly, Sam Neill terrorizing that young child at the beginning. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> with the claw. The claw. Yeah. Your because it, spill out. <laughs> and the reason why is like maybe I'm a bit of a writer and, and I, I do apologize. I read Jurassic Park very a long time ago. Like I was reading Jurassic. I was I was reading Michael Crichton when I was reading Jackie Collins. And if you don't know who either of those authors are, you get an idea of how old that was. But and so I don't remember what was in the book, but that is such a great bit of character exposition along with story exposition because it sets up one of the most dramatic moments it sets up your guy's death later mark yep. the the big hunter guy but it also really epitomizes who that sam neil character is the curmudgeon i just want to be about my dinos but we got to deal with you snotty nose brat <laughs> so that like the people that are most interested in dinosaurs are children so imagine having a child hating paleontologist like just the idea of that is so comedic. It's like, yeah. why don't you go get Mr. Rogers to also hate children? 
Yeah, Jacqueline, does, does Sam Neill in this remind you of any uh, podcast co-hosts that you might currently have? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm not going to go that far because you would not terrorize children. It's so not that. It's so not that. But I definitely think if you met the wrong child that you wanted to terrorize. Yeah, yeah I definitely like you're enough of a comedian. For folks that don't know, comedians are just drag queens without the makeup. You all are shady. Y'all yeah. are shady. <laughs> and so you would destroy that child. I feel I'm sorry on that. Drag queens without the makeup. That's my favorite. I mean, no offense, <laughs> but they are just as catty. They are just as like yep. drama filled. <laughs> we have an insular community that we protect and talk trash about at the very same time. If I'm looking at Jurassic Park and I'm thinking like you have all these great kind of money shots, I still love Mr. DNA and I still call them dinosaurs more often than I call them dinosaurs. I love that we, that's it, it's such a setup yeah. for all these great lines. Like we were so preoccupied with whether we could, didn't stop to think of whether we should and life finds a way and, and all of that stuff. But the scene that I think really captures an audience and the one that I still viscerally remember, even more than the head turn, which is just an amazing all time moment in cinema is seeing dinosaurs for the first time the 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 suspense filled spielbergian genius that is that kitchen scene when lex Ugh. and tim are trapped in there with the raptors and the raptors open doors and it's like oh these these are really smart these aren't just like huge lizards these are really smart carbon-based life forms that we're looking at and to watch lex and tim try to outsmart them with the mirrors and it was just such a pressure-packed moment that that and also watching sir richard attenborough just crush a gallon of ice cream because because what else are you going to do your park is a disaster you can't drink alcohol right now because that's dangerous and so what are you going to do well the freezers are melting everybody else is getting eaten i guess i'm going to have some rocky road before it's all said and done and such that is exactly what you would get get a childlike ice cream this is yep. not the moment yeah. for pistachio or buttercream nope. get, get, get like the most like bubble gum <laughs> get cotton candy get rocky road so if we pick it up from the the rest of that trilogy right so the rest of the sort of original trilogy where we had spielberg return for the lost world then we had joe johnson step in in jurassic park 3. i will say this and i already made the joke about the talking dinosaurs sequence that you get in jurassic park 3. i had heard such negative things about that movie for whatever reason i just never saw it until fairly recently it really isn't the worst movie i've ever seen it's still entertaining and the dinosaur effects still hold up it's ridiculous but i still enjoyed watching the movie do and and so i feel like that is closer to the lost world than i think people want to give it credit for am i crazy i think mm, i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna let you answer this one drew because me personally <laughs> i think look again we talked about this movie on the podcast and poor perry nimroff i think i broke her soul a bit <laughs> with how much i didn't like that movie but whatever should be all right uh her love for jurassic goes way deeper than anything i or anyone right. could say so i know that but i will say this about it i don't think it's a bad dinosaur movie or even a bad adventure movie i think it's a bad jurassic park movie that's the problem i have with jurassic world and that's like what i've heard so many people say about every Jurassic Park movie after the first one. And I and I totally agree is that like, it's not a bad dinosaur movie. It's not even a bad like action movie from that time period. It's just not as good as the first one. And and, and same to be said about Lost World. You know, the fact that I, I said I had to watch it twice this week to like convince myself. And I think I really did have to like convince myself mainly with like the fact that some of it was still practical and then the lighting and the shots, like I was saying before. But at the end of the day, they're just not even close and as as 
computer technology got better, the movies kept getting worse, which is still like mind boggling to me because you figure when you go back and you watch the 93 Jurassic Park and you're like, wow, that CG has not aged well. But this movie's dinosaurs are still better than the ones that we got, you know, yesterday or whatever when we saw Dominion. I think that's the craziest thing when you look at just Lost World and in Jurassic Park 3 is that as technology got better, the movies still got worse. And I think it's because they relied on it more. So, like, yeah, I, I agree with Jacqueline. Jurassic Park 3 is like a fine dinosaur movie. It's a fine action movie. It just doesn't really feel like Jurassic Park. It doesn't feel like you're being introduced to this wonderful world. It feels like you're just like, all right, here we go again. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? How do you recommend Jurassic World Dominion? If if somebody's asking you, hey, you know, I'm a fan of Jurassic Park. I love the first one, like everyone. And then I've been in and out of the rest of the movies. Do you recommend Dominion to him? Or Andrew, do you just say, no, nah, just go see Top Gun Maverick again? <laughs> Definitely, I would say that. That is something <laughs> yeah. that would happen no matter yeah. what. Um, I would I say- I actually said that on Monday night when I left <laughs> the thing. I was like, it's great. <laughs> but if you're looking for that thing, I don't know if that if the girl is going to give you that every time. Basically, this is what it is. Jurassic World is the girl that's going to give it to you 60% of the time. And she's going <laughs> to give it to you well. But if you need it 100% of the time, Top Gun is that girl. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we were in the lobby afterwards and I was just staring at the open doors of Top Gun Maverick <laughs> after we walked out. I was like, man, I could just go in there. I could fix all of this right now. It just feels I so mean, much better. I, again, I, actually, again, I'm not even saying like it's apples to oranges. I'm just saying that like certain people are not going to dig Dominion. Like there's going to be 40 percent of people who are those people y'all talk to. I think I think what I tell them is that like, you know, it's good to see everyone back on screen together again. Even if, like you said, Ellis, they're only given like 60 percent. They're kind of just like whatever we're here, but they're still great. I still love all three of them. Um, and then I, I think the other positive thing was that it was, I mean, God, it was it was a little longer than I would have liked it to be, but at least there was a ton of action. So I couldn't stop and think about things that didn't really make sense to me, like the wristbands, as we were talking about before, Ellis, and how they can't seem to track who owns what wristband and what wristband opens what door at a multi-billion dollar facility. It's cool. Not a big deal. My laundromat can do that, but whatever. We're not we're not trying to set the standard here. At, you feel at like when company. you go to work at Google, they just give you one card that opens every door at Google. They're like, like oh, hey, you're an intern. You need this for everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, minor exactly. plot point that we're really upset about with, with Jurassic World Dominion. But the, the dinosaurs do look great, and, and there's a lot of cool yep. dino fights. And so, if you're going to these movies to see dinosaurs, I just think that we're, we're beyond the pale if we're saying, I just want that feeling of suspense and excitement and newness that I got with 1993. Because when Jurassic Park came out, it was a revolution in the way that CGI was done on the big screen. And it opened the door for virtually every giant blockbuster that you still still see today where you could do things starting with Jurassic Park that a lot of folks thought could never be pulled off on the big screen. It's why George Lucas was on set one day at Jurassic Park and he's like, oh, I guess I should get cracking on the prequel trilogy because now I can pull it off. And yeah. it, it, it's an exciting Thank thing. Thank God for it, that. It mm. was then, Andrew, it was then, and it was now. And and when you go back and revisit it, the thing that, that always strikes me about the original that we just lose a little bit of something with, particularly with Fallen Kingdom and Dominion, is any concern or care for the human characters. Like, I don't know if it's just me being the, the gruff, you know, aged man that I've grown into, or maybe I just don't have as much optimism for the human race. 
I am fully rooting for the dinosaurs when I go see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World Dominion. And I couldn't say that about the original Jurassic Park. Like I cared about the humans in the same way that I cared about the three human beings that were thrown on a boat together in the first Jaws. Yeah, that's actually a really great point. That that's you made a good because, point, yeah. Yeah, it felt like Chris Pratt was just like a movie star and same with Bryce Dallas Howard. And they're both good. They're both charismatic and engaging enough. But yeah, it's Agreed. not... The, the other The old characters were real people. They felt like really real people. And, and if they felt a little nuanced, like Ian Malcolm, for instance... It's like the delivery and the performance was just so perfect that it was like, he, it felt like his note was like, just know that you always want to talk, but you don't know what you're going to say, but it's still <laughs> going to sound great when you say it. Whereas like with Pratt and, and Bryce Dallas Howard, it just felt like they were these Hollywood cutouts of what you thought you wanted characters to be. I agree. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> so if we look at honorable mentions now, is are, are there any other moments in maybe staying away from the first Jurassic Park in any of the other films that you say that that is why I love a big blockbuster that has a lot of dinosaurs in it? There were a couple of those moments that, that I won't give away with Dominion. There were a couple of cool shots. There were a couple of smaller nods to the original that blinking you might miss it. But if you were paying attention for it, you sort of got rewarded with that. But I still go back to Jurassic World. I just I loved looking at the park. I loved thinking like, oh, that is a place that it's been safe for years. I would love to take my nephews and my niece there. Like I feel like I would be one of those suckers that's like, well, I know they had an accident, you know, 30 years ago, but it's fine now. It's it's just like <laughs> Disneyland. I'll take the kids there now. What I just you- loved having that thought. Would you really do that? Like actually yes. after what you said earlier about children, why am I surprised? You and Judy Greer are just sending the kids off into the wilderness. No, I'm going with them. I'm not uh, Judy Greer. I know. I'm going with them. And here's the other thing I would say is that unlike, say, Galaxy's Edge, which I'm not going to go to until I get to go to with the niece and nephews, I would go to Jurassic World by myself first. Or maybe I'd call my friends Jacqueline and Andrew and say, hey, adults trip, singles trip. You all want to go? And then we could all go together and experience it. Oh, my God. I would so (laughs) never be there. Jacqueline, you would go. If we were going, you would go. If you there was a press event, if there was a out. film festival there, you would go. That's different. It's just showing all the Jurassic World movies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like literally Mark just Here's gave the go wrong thing. at the park you're at. Because <laughs> I would be so against it and someone's like, yeah, but get, you get to see Babylon by Damien and Chazelle. Like first, <laughs> would you go? Like that's like the thing that gets me to like compromise my morals is like, let me see a movie early. Dang it, Mark. <laughs> Well, that's the real question, though, is because I feel like in in the first Jurassic Park, you know, Grant and Sadler and Malcolm didn't really have an option because they got flown to this private island. And it's like you're you're getting the 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 red carpet treatment. They're handing you champagne and whatever you want to eat. And so then Hammond's like, we all want to go into the park. It's like, of course, you're going to go in the park. Like you just kind of assume and you're along for the ride. Andrew, are you going into the first Jurassic Park? as it's presented in the movie. And are you going to be a tourist at Jurassic World? I don't know, man. I mean, like, I no, I, I don't even need to figure out something like bungee jumping, let alone skydiving. OK, so if there's a Jurassic Park in real life, I'll watch it on TV. I'll watch people and their like live streams and I'll watch that go awry. I will not go there. I will. Why? Like, not only does it look incredibly humid, I'm going to die. So like I got I don't want I don't want those things to happen to me. You Mark. naysayer. This is ridiculous. You would totally go. It's like going to the most kick-ass interactive zoo you've ever been to to see animals that that were not on Earth for 65 million years. Y'all are both going to that. If I'm paying, y'all are both going. 
I mean, if you're paying and there's a film festival, <laughs> right, if I would paying. have a moral dilemma. <laughs> but I don't like zoos to begin with. Like, I'm not about this life. It's just, uh, no, it if sounds accidents dangerous. accidents can go wrong at the zoo regularly, I think a dude got attacked by an orangutan yesterday. An orangutan, okay? So what happens when the velociraptor is like, oh, it's out of its cage? I'm not Dude. telling you to get too close. That guy got too close to the orangutan. It's, that video is hilarious. Somebody has yeah. dubbed it over to where the gorilla is like mouthing like words to him. And it is one of the most like, well, first of all, I would be panicked, but it is hilarious to watch that panic dubbed over with like great TikTok dialogue. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a better story it if it was like a velociraptor instead of an orangutan. Sorry. It would be a better story. It's the absolute best is watching zoo accidents as long as they're, you know, um, uh, medium. I, I don't want to see anybody yes. die, but like to see humans occasionally get their comeuppance. And again, I didn't have that feeling when I saw the original Jurassic Park. So if we if we pick up the ball from Dominion, look, these movies still make over a billion dollars. Are we going to get more Jurassic Park? I don't want to pose the question, should we get more Jurassic Park? Because I think that we're all like, we need this thing to go away for about a decade and then see where we're at. But when we eventually do get another Jurassic Park, what's it going to look like? What should it look like, Andrew? Man, that's that's a tough one. Um, I'm assuming that if they were going to keep going, the best way would probably be to lean on Maisie, like her character, right? Because she came from Fallen Kingdom. She showed up in Dominion instead of just keep going with Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel like they've maybe run their course, at least for now. Maybe they could come back like these original three did. But I I more so want to see like the post-apocalyptic world of of like the dinosaurs have been around for like 20 years now and it did not work out as we all knew it would not. The war, like things are closed. There's no more banks. There's no more like going to concerts and stuff. It's like people trying to survive like in Planet of the Apes and stuff like that. That's kind of what I would like to see, I guess, maybe like a darker look on it. Because the other thing about these movies is that like, as I referred to the first one, is like, it's still terrifying. That movie is still scary. Even the Velociraptor scene, which the CG hasn't aged great, is still scary. And I didn't feel scared for the rest of the movies. So if it could maybe add a little bit more of that like real world problem Problems with other people along with dinosaurs you know the whole like walking dead uh, outline of like who, who's worse is it the dinosaurs or the people i'd be cool with that i guess in like like you said like 10 years please uh i've got to say i don't know i think wipe the slate clean but i think there's a way to wipe the slate clean and go smaller like i just don't feel like we need to expand jurassic world like why don't we get into the first days of hammond deciding to be crazy Oh, you know what cool. I mean? Like, why don't we go into like, let's start it from like almost this sort of like Westworld prequel type situation. I feel like that is a more interesting place to go at this point than it is to like put distance. Because I just don't think that we could honestly really actually put enough distance ahead that it wouldn't feel weird. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. I like that answer. I want that's I like that answer. Well, you're never getting another park situation because now, you know, it just even at the outset of Dominion, we, we've just seen what's happened with Fallen Kingdom. Like, like we're on the mainland. We're all over the place. Life's going to find a way. These dinosaurs ain't going anywhere. So you don't really need a park for them anymore. And nobody's going to want to go visit a park when you can just walk outside. And chances are there's a T-Rex walking down your street. So I think it would have to be a full reboot. The problem with that being 
I would say that we're closer to like a Terminator situation where nobody ever felt like touching the original Terminator or Terminator 2 Judgment Day. They just tried to figure out a way to make a sequel to those movies, even if it had to redcon previous movies. So I think it might be like a Terminator or a Halloween situation where it's like, hey, remember those other movies that we had? Yeah, those are a lot of fun. No, now we're going to make a direct sequel to the first Jurassic Park in a different way. I think that's what's going to happen. But I think it's going to be about 10 years before that goes down. Mm. I mean, but I, like that too. It, I, I think that's a direct sequel is interesting. But my my thing is, is that means that the big three is never involved again. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I and, and I think it, it would be taken a different way to where they don't want anything. It, but it might be you're picking up from the events of the first Jurassic Park. I mean, you can, I just don't think you can pick up anything from Jurassic World. It's a it's a fun movie, but it chewed a lot of meat off the bone. It was kind of like me eating a chicken wing with a bone in it where I'm not going to eat everything. I'm just going to eat the good parts, and then throw it away to oh. where th- there's just nothing really you can do with that left. Like the end of Jurassic World is pretty much OK. We got to pick up these pieces with the next two movies and then we're done. There's nowhere else to go. So mm. with Jurassic Park, I think it's either going to be thank you for watching these other movies. Here's a direct sequel to the first one, or it's going to be picking up in more of what Andrew said, where it's 10 years later from Dominion and dinosaurs are pretty much running the planet. And I'd be up for one. (laughs) Yeah. I feel feel like the more that we, I think about that. And even after what Jacqueline said, it just, it does seem like it would just get messy and dirty, but hopefully if it is 10 years down the line with a different director and all that stuff, it could be be cool. A soft reboot works. Sometimes a soft reboot works like the way they did Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, it, like it doesn't even have to be that clear. Like it's clear that there mm-hmm. are some of the events that happened in the Mad Max series that happened to our version of Max that we see in Mad Max Fury Road. But it's clear that a lot of them didn't just based on the timeline. And honestly, I think they could do that. And I think it's clear that uh, regardless of what kind of dinosaur movie we're going to get, whether it's in the Jurassic canon, whether it's something like Dragonheart, where it's it's still it's a talking dinosaur with Sean Connery and the effects look cool. <laughs> it's going to be hard to top what mm. we got in the summer 93 with the original Jurassic Park. On that note, I'm going to test all of our Jurassic Park sensibilities, particularly when it comes to audio and when it comes to what does a dinosaur sound like? I believe our expert engineer Brian Perez has a few dinosaur sounds queued up that he's going to play and then we have to weigh in on which dinosaur we think it is. I think that was the uh, it's not a stegosaurus. I think that's the triceratops that's hurt. It's not feeling well in the first movie. Okay, go with that because that (laughs) just sounded not like Noise. I was going to say a brachiosaur, but I think you might be right, Ellis. That was a triceratops. It, no, was, a so triceratops. it was a triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> I am one for one. That was a triceratops. We just got word confirmation from producer Lucy. All right, let's hear that second noise again, and I'll let Jacqueline kick this one off. Oh, no. Is that a T-Rex? I don't it's know. Got, it's got to be the T-Rex, it's, right, Andrew? It's got to be the T-Rex. There's a little purr at the end okay. that maybe it's the Indominus, but it's got to be the T-Rex. We're getting the thumbs right, up from producer Lucy. Up. That okay. was hey, the T-Rex. That was the T-Rex. Yes. All right, Andrew is up first with this next dinosaur noise. Know your dinosaurs. <laughs> Sounds like me eating KFC. I'll be 100% honest. <laughs> The rapper in there. Um, 
I don't know. Is that I don't even know what they're called, but are those all the little birds that come out in, in Jurassic World? The ones that See, pick and drop people? I was gonna say those are the Gawamemus. Is that what they like the ones that are just roaming on the prairie in the first Jurassic Park? Yes. So what? real quick, it is all the Jurassic it's dinos in Jurassic Park only. Ooh, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Okay, that would have been good to know. To, so to start that off. But yes, it's the Gallimimus. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed. I'm pretty pretty damn impressed, Ellis. You must have been I real cool back in '93. I'm three for three. Um, now that we know it's the original Jurassic Park movies or the original Jurassic Park movie, let's get one more Dino noise and see. I'm going to turn it back over to Jacqueline, who's enthralled by this game, and I want Jacqueline to nail this one. Here we go. <laughs> Well, Newman gave it away. That like, liquidy. That's easy, yeah. That like liquidy Newman do. gave it away. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm not that fan. I'm not enthralled. It's that I don't know what their names are. So I don't want to <laughs> say what I have to say now, which is dinosaur with the neck spit. Like, that's what I have to say because I'm not a paleontologist. So that, no. that's more helpful to me than the real name. Yeah, the dinosaur with the next bit. People know what that means. That nobody knows. It's the Dilophosaurus. 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 Yeah. That's literally why this game. The minute you said, I was like, I don't know what to flip these dinos' <laughs> no, names. No, no, we, we can take non-scientific answers. It's all the. It's all. Well, it's I all appreciate accurate. you dumbing it down for me, but that's literally what I was thinking. It's for like us. I don't know the name of these things. I Brian, do you have any more? Do you have any more sound effects for us? Ellis would play this game all day if he could. What the hell was, was that? The was that the Velociraptor talking? Yeah, that had to have been. Ding 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 ding. And fun yeah. fact: that is actually tortoises having sex. Yeah. It's so like the that's porn how, of watching yeah, paint dry. The 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 sound designer who won an Oscar for this or was nominated for it literally recorded all different kinds of animals doing all sorts of activities. And when the velociraptors bark at each other, it's literally two tortoises making that sweet love. Did I ever tell you all my, uh, my tortoise threesome story? So I, I stopped over <laughs> at a zoo in Florida a few years ago and they had a tortoise pen. And these are like giant tortoises. And I saw two tortoises kind of like making eyes at each other. And then a third one gets involved and it was a literal tortoise threesome. I have video footage of it somewhere. I gotta, I gotta find it on my phone, but I filmed a tortoise porn. Three tortoises all going at it. It was like the two of them, and then the one came over to fix the plumbing, and it was just a beautiful moment of, of tortoise coitus expression. They're like, they're at the park, they're like, sir, you've been here for two hours, you need to stop filming the tortoises. You're making everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> I did a grad program at UT, and that was where I first discovered just how tortoises mating is. And I'm not going to lie to you. They are very loud, and they, like rabbits, have the wrong sort of, I would say, like rumor mill behind them. They should have tortoises. Like those, yeah. like little turtles, they are about about it. They overtook all of the ponds in UT. Nothing else can be there. They bully everybody else out. It's yeah, just I'm the turtles. I'm just going to leave it at this. When you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's a reason why Raphael is so ornery all the time. Dude <laughs> just needs to go to a club, a certain kind of club. Master Splinter, you got to let him do this. All right. It's, he's just I gonna mean, be an they are teenagers. I don't teenagers. know how, how much privacy 
a sewer gives you. Any Sorry, of them this are is getting. awful. This is an now, awful. Let's keep going down this road. Let's keep going. We got time. We got time. <laughs> this, this is why we have that thing that always saves us. We're going to transition to mailbag. Uh, good ranking, good uh, walk down memory lane with the original <laughs> Jurassic Park, as well as recapping some of the action in Jurassic World Dominion, which is now in theaters. And now we're going to go to catch-up crew member Wes Cunningham. Y'all can be like Wes if you're watching or listening to us. Just email us anytime. RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. Wes's movie is Days of Thunder, the top gun of NASCAR. This Tom Cruise blockbuster has a cult following that is loved by many, but is also hated by many. The audience score is fresh at 60%, but critics and NASCAR itself tore it apart. But it is a highly rewatchable movie and is an entertaining thriller ride. And yes, in its own way, seems to follow Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer's 1986 classic Top Gun to a T, one of your favorite movies, Mark. Well, that's right, Wes. With Tom Cruise flying high and crushing in the box office with Top Gun Maverick right now, Days of Thunder might be an interesting talk for the times. This was still early in Cruise's career, and it's his first movie with Nicole Kidman. So if y'all like going fast and turning to the left, then review this movie. <laughs> still love listening to you two and your guests. And remember, Robin is racing. Wes C. Thank you, Wes. Uh, I would love to talk uh, the Top Gun of NASCAR, Days of Thunder. Jack, when you a Days of Thunder gal? Yeah, I don't know if I would really want to be talking about it. That movie, like, good luck to Mark Hoffmeyer on the trivia on that one. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot about that movie. It's one of those ones that's like, you shouldn't de- dig too deep into the production of it. So. Andrew, you, uh, you a big Days of Thunder honk? You know, I think I've only seen it once, and it was like back in the '90s or maybe early 2000s. So I, I don't know. I think maybe. Yeah. It has, and Mark Hoffmeyer, expert researcher, it would appreciate this comment. It has possibly the best rental car racing scene in movie history. I Mark Hoffmeyer would appreciate that. Yes. I would vote, if we're going to do early Tom Cruise, I would vote for Legend, the Ridley mm. Scott adventure pick, where it's like fantasy. Tom Cruise does a slightly androgynous uh, warrior with like the very long, like before he did the last samurai long hair and before he did it in Magnolia, he did it in Legend. It was a preview of things to come, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Can I tell you something that's going to blow your mind and it might uh, sway producer Lucy towards Team Jacqueline? I've never seen Legend. Yeah, you absolutely wow. should. Yeah, never no, I, I think that's a... Also, I Tim do. Curry in mounds of makeup, giving one of the most iconic performances of his career, a whole score controversy between Jerry Goldsmith and Tangerine Dream. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. Legend. And also, Jacqueline, you know, Satan in that movie or the devil or whatever that character is. He's not scary. That little fairy child is scary. <laughs> yes, Peeking the- through the door with its like light eyes. I that was like one of my first nightmares <laughs> as a child because that's right i watched it when i was like six years old oh no that was very much in that like secret of the nim return to oz like when they used to scare children that were born in the early or mid 80s when they throughout the early a, 90s you went on legend uh i i think i've definitely seen it more than days of thunder but it's honestly still for me like i started paying a lot more attention to him a little bit later in his career i feel like but legend i know is 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 pretty great there's some pretty great moments in there and yes like jacqueline said it it does preview things to come with the i'm gonna give you all expenses paid trip to jurassic world for a weekend and we'll screen legend there then they would go i don't even know if i like the movie that that much 
<laughs> I have the movie at home. Right. Well, <laughs> and I can watch it without dino teeth coming in contact with my very delicate skin. I'm taking my chances. I'm going to go to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. I'm going to Jurassic World. I would go to the first Jurassic Park. I would not um, pull a lawyer in the first Jurassic Park, but I would go and I would probably have a good time. And I think I'd survive. I'm going to give myself that credit. Uh, Andrew Guy has uh, a burgeoning film career that is about to take lift off at various film festivals, maybe one near you. Make sure that y'all keep tabs on a Bogota trip and always Lola. Andrew, do we have any release date intel on either one of those, or are they just making the festival rounds right now? Uh, right now, it's just the festival rounds. We're hoping for distribution like later on in the year, around fall or maybe even the winter time. But if you are in LA, it's it's June 20th and 22nd. But you guys can just follow me on Twitter at Andrew Guy. That's probably the best way to do it. I'll be posting more information there. And yeah, man, I mean, I, I love being here. Thanks for having me back. And also to talk, we talked Top Gun and Jurassic Park. I don't know if anyone's ever had a better one-two punch on this show. <laughs> You're having a pretty good, good, pretty good run on this show and a pretty good run in your career, young man. So congratulations on on all your success and all that is to come. Do you have a movie or TV recommendation that is currently being streamed at the Guy household? What what is Snickers, your your magical dog, watching right now? You know what? I'll say something because I feel like all the other ones, like, oh, go watch Severance. You'd be like, you told me to do that like two months ago. So I don't want to be that guy, but I do love Severance. But I'll really say good. one that is a little bit less watched that I, th- I was actually pleasantly surprised by was Candy on Hulu with Jessica Biel. I-, I thought it was pretty good and it's based off a true story. And I think it's like only eight episodes and it's it's pretty, pretty compelling. So, um, yeah, I-, I checked that out. I liked it. All right. I'm in on Candy, and that is, once again, Andrew Guy. You can follow him on all various social media platforms. Our 100th episode is coming up. Have we really done a hundred, you know? It feels longer. It it feels longer. (laughs) Our 100th episode (laughs) is coming up, and we want for you, our fans, beloved Ketchup crew, you can email us a video of yourself talking about your favorite rotten movie. We may be talking about some of our favorite rotten movies during that landmark milestone 100th episode. You know you're doing something right if your podcast has hit 100 episodes, and that really is a credit to our fresh Ketchup crew, all of you incredible fans out there that watch and listen to us each and every week. Thanks for subscribing, the rating, reviewing, sharing with your friends. You haven't done that yet. The door is open. Please uh, let everybody know about Rotten Tomatoes is wrong and all the fun that we have on here week in and week out. Next week, Jacqueline, we have a very special episode with a very special guest. Do you care to enlighten us? Yes, we are going to get a little tumorous, shall we say? No, I'm just kidding. No, we're going to be talking about Malignant, uh, the fan favorite. Actually, it's it's weird. It has a weird sort of thing. I think people love it or hate it. It's a divisive film, put it that way. But we're going to have a special guest, uh, a performer, a movie fan, but also a drag queen, Peaches. I'm very excited to have this as somebody that has touted RuPaul's Drag Race a lot in this show. Bring and brought it into it. I'm glad we're bringing a little bit of the drag community onto the show. Let's go. Jack and I have watched a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race in our day. We've talked about it extensively. And so now we get to talk Malignant. And that's going to be a fun one. And so until next time, for Andrew Guy, our esteemed guest here, he is a great announcer as well. He's a great host. You can catch him talking esports all over the world, the movie trivia showdown occasionally. Thanks for joining us. Andrew, our incredible engineer, Brian Perez, who this was not actually lifted from the movie. That was actually Brian Perez doing all those dinosaur impressions. <laughs> so thank you, Brian, for handling that. You're the Michael Winslow of dinosaurs. Producing Lucy and my incredible co-host, Jacqueline Coley, who I'm getting word is still not going to Jurassic World 
unlike me, who will definitely be in attendance. I am merely Mark Ellis for the whole gang here at Rotten Tomatoes and our show Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Dinosaurs! <laughs>